You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Welcome back, everybody, to the Oz Network as we continue on our Nip Tuck coverage. And we have gotten to that point of the show, which uh, we can't avoid it any longer. We have to do episode 12 of season 3, Sal Perry. Hmm. Written by Lynn Green and Richard Levine. Levine. David Nutter was a director. Maybe that's appropriate. Um, <laughs> first aired on December the 6th, 2005. Uh, my name is Ben, and you're supposed to say I don't look like I'm 68. Uh, my name's Nick, and I forgive you for not loving me. It's okay. I don't love you either. <laughs> oh, my Lord. Like, I love Nip Tuck. Like, I, this is, like, my top five favourite shows of all time. Just love, love, love this show. Can rewatch it to the death. This is like the one episode I would honestly say to any person who wants to watch this show that you just can skip. Like, I'm somebody who likes to keep things in order and kind of just like watch them, even if they're good, even if they're bad. I honestly skip this episode when I get to like a rewatch. I won't watch this episode. Like, there's no purpose to this episode at all. Um, and it's just, uh, like, I can see what they try to do, but I remember watching this for the first time, even going, what did I just watch? Um, it's just like we talked about uh, Granville Trap not feeling like Nip Tuck. This is just like, ugh, ugh. Um, I don't know. I don't know what else I can say. I think I've said enough that already you're going to not want to listen to this episode or maybe I'm just going to be the funniest one because it's just so shit. Uh, I mean, did you remember this episode before you watched it? I mean, do you always remember the plane crash episode? Yeah, I do remember this one. Um I, I didn't ever remember it being as bad as it as it is, so it was a bit of a wake up call to actually watch this and remember it was absolutely like it's awful. Um, it, I mean, it's really hard because there is there's kind of nothing in here that that's going to get you excited. Um, and you know, it is really interesting to have this episode that just doesn't relate to the rest of the. You know, it, it, it just exists in its own parallel universe, really. It, it is one of those ones where, yeah, apart from one scene, you'd actually, which they could have just tacked on to another episode. Exactly. Um, this does, it, it really, you know, like, it just feels like they got to the end and went, oh, shit, we actually missed an episode and we need to add another episode. And it's like, you know, as Survivor fans, and um, I'm sure there's a big crossover of Survivor and Tuck fans, <laughs> occasionally you get those those immunity challenges where it feels like, this was so basic that it does feel like they just miscounted how many challenges they needed for a season. And it's like, shit, we forgot one. We need to do one real quick. And this is what this feels like. It's just, it feels like it just arrives really quickly, you know? (laughs) And, um, it just, it it, it totally sits outside the rest of it. Um, yeah, it's, and it it feels a little bit like, you know, a a bit of a Julia, you know, we want to do a bit of a, an homage to Julia and how great she is. Um, yeah, <laughs> I don't really it's, know what else to uh, say. Like, and the thing is, it's kind of like, I'm not opposed to TV shows kind of having a once-a-season episode that kind of takes you away from what you're generally used to. I think it can work. I mean, it definitely can work. We had that with Rose and Raven, Raisenberg, you know, the one, the conjoined twin Raisenberg. one last season. I like that, Raisenberg. <laughs> Raisenberg. But, um, yeah, but I, I, I do think that NipTuck likes to do this, and obviously we got the, the episode which was a bit controversial between you and me around, um, you know, the Julia Dream sequence one, yeah. and we're going to we're gonna get another one um, next season, which is kind of oh. like this, this, this future, which, is, you know... Which is everyone hates. Can I just say, that is often regarded, yeah. like, NipTuck fancy, that's the worst episode, and I actually really love that episode, but anyway. <laughs> no, yeah, and I think that it would be interesting to compare them, because this this feels like it just doesn't exist anywhere. It feels like... And NipTuck occasionally goes, and I think 
think this whole season has felt like it wants to be a bit of a, a whodunit crime mystery at times um, with the Carver storyline. And this feels like it spends an episode wanting to be ER. You know, like it's just... <laughs> Uh, it just feels like it wants to be a different show that like we want to get Sean and Christian in in this emergency situation. I'm not sure why. I don't know what it adds to the show, but that's kind of what we get in here, really. And, and like, we're going to get to the end of this in our season three to recap, and I think you mentioned an episode or two ago where you basically, like, they could just trim a few episodes off. And I, know, I think you kind of said that maybe about last season, and I didn't necessarily agree with that. I think the first two seasons kind of were their own beasts and they deserved the episodes they got. But, yeah, we're going to get to the end of this and do a recap, and there's going to be at least four or five episodes you could have just completely erased from this season and just lumped them into other ones. And this is the one that I feel you can just can take out completely and you lose nothing. Like, the one scene that has anything to do with this season, lump it on to the next episode and even then with the next episode we'll get to that but yeah um so again this is either going to be our longest or our shortest ever episode i feel somewhere because you know there's just this is just rubbish but um we don't even get a previously on nip tuck this is why we know this episode's going to be different we're just straight in to erica here she is she's back um and remember because erica and, and julia are back on good terms people they were smoking bongs with each other and you know like this is my first problem of this ish- this episode. The last time we saw Julia and Erica, they've kind of mended things. They're kind of like, oh, okay, like, cool, like, great. But straight away, we're back to bitch Erica, like, complaining about Swedish therapists that she wouldn't get a job at the Y in New York. And, you know, that basically this is what the top Swedish massage therapist in all of Miami. And then Julia's so proud she got a four-star review in Spa Life. Um, and like, just dick Erica. Oh, a whole magazine devoted to spas. Um, and then we just kind of get this foreshadowing back and forth about like, oh, you know, I, I was going to take the earlier flight, but I've, you know, stayed on a little bit longer so that we can spend some time to each other. Uh, you know, it's like, no, um, like you take the early flight and that cringeworthy line that like Julia says about like, oh, you know, I don't need it, but it'd be nice to have it before one of us die. Like your, your affection. Um, it's just, oh, just this stuff is crap, and just the way Julia gets angry and like, oh, you want to see me grow? Then get the hell out of my life! Like, just straight away, I hate this episode. <laughs> yeah, it's just, it's just forced. Like nothing's, nothing's done in a, a kind of tidy way. It's just all a big mess, isn't it? And um, and there's no subtlety to this at all. It's just, yeah, it, it is just so on the nose. The whole thing is just so on the nose. And yeah, it's, um, it, it's pretty hard to watch. And then we get Quinton in there, you know, as you mentioned last episode, the very expensive plastic surgery suite because they've afforded it. Um, there's some random nurse there. I've just written a random nurse. And then wait, like, doesn't Liz work for them? <laughs> like, um, Oh no, Lizzie's there. Sorry, my bad, my bad. I've written, I've written that here. She is because, of course, she's sort of here talking about the biggest ass in the room. Um, but Julia again, similar here at Delamere. It's the same, you know, McNamara tree. Just walk into surgery. Who cares about hygiene? Here's Julia. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> so obviously, you know, he's talking about like, oh, we've got her waiting. What should we do? And you know, Liz is all like, oh, you know, he was an hour and a half late, and just randomly, Quinton turns into sexist misogynist Quinton because you know he's a druggie. So why wouldn't he be a sexist misogynist? The way he's like, oh, I've been a bad boy. You're gonna fire me or spank me? And so what does he call her? Like sweetheart or prince? What does he call her? Like what's the term he says? Um, I can't remember what it was, but it's just. And, like, the way he's just all of a sudden, like, oh, do you, unless you've got an MD after your name. Like, just going out of their way to randomly make you hate Quinton for just no reason. Like, when is he this much of a dick? 
I just don't get this with Quinton. Um, and then, you know, Liz's line, oh, this isn't just the biggest ass in this room or whatever it is. And then we get this terrible editing of, like, Julia walking down, a, like, a corridor with slow motion and weird music that kind of edits into a plane crash sound as she closes the curtains, to which all of a sudden, boom, we're in a hotel room, we've set up all this stuff, and, like, everybody's screaming at this poor woman, ah! you know, what's happening with the flight? And this poor woman's like run off her feet and Julia thinks she's the most important person. Oh, what's happened to flight 237? Oh, we're just, you know, getting some information across the street in the hotel. Would you like a transportation shuttle? It's across the street! Like, why do you need a shuttle? Like, is it one of those highway hotels that kind of like you got to cross around? Maybe. Um, and then like we've got the, the worst press conference in the world for a plane crash. Like, this is a big news story. A commercial jet has crashed in downtown Miami. This is a big deal. And, like, this guy is just like, yeah, the airplane crashed in a couple of parts. There might be some survivors. Fill in some forms. Uh, we'll be with you soon. <laughs> like, and, like, I'm yeah, thinking, dude. is it, is this a press conference? But, like, you see people, like, like reporters writing it down. Like, this would be a live on TV. Like, when we see Sean watching this on TV, it's so nonchalant about this, like, plane crash. Like, God. Yeah, it, it it does all just feel like just really ham-handed, you know. Like, it, yeah, nothing's just yeah, nothing's done in a, in a in a kind of good way at all. It's and I just think the thing of like, um, there might be some survivors. Fill in some forms. It's like, yeah. no, this is not this is not how you deal with people who have potentially lost loved ones in a in a plane crash. You know, like even I know that. You know, it's just, you, you don't you don't just ask them to fill in some forms and sit around like it, I can't imagine that that's how this is dealt with. I've never been through this, but yeah. you know, it, I this doesn't feel like the way in which this would be done. Um, and, and yeah, also, I mean, the like, only thing that feels, sorry, you go no. So, I yeah, so, you. The only thing that feels real about this whole thing is, um, is is you know these people standing around and they're on their phones all the time, and you know that that's pretty much how it would be. Um, but yeah, you're totally right. Like then you get this kind of press conference with this guy, and he he wouldn't be doing this like. Yeah. is it a press conference or is it you know this isn't how you would address you know family members like i remember when um we we had um probably about almost 10 years ago now in new zealand and we had a, a mining accident and basically the family were briefed first in terms of you know there's been a further explosion and, and we now believe that nobody survived and you know it was dealt with where the family would you know were informed first and dealt with any of that stuff before the media were told. You know, there was there was no way that you kind of just tell everybody at the same time. And yeah, it, it just doesn't ring true. Yeah, and like the thing that kind of annoys me too is the fact that they get there and they're like, there might be some survivors. Let's fast forward about ten minutes and there's like about a hundred survivors. Like, I mean, yeah. like, this, like, ah. Uh. Yeah, and, like, you're right with the, like, even, like, you know, in, in, when it comes to plane crashes, I mean, we all remember, like, when those two Malaysian, Air Malaysia ones went down, uh, like, sort of in the space of a few months, like, the big media frenzy in the press conferences that we saw with that, like, and, like, again, like, I kind of had to rewatch this, like, think, is this a press conference or is he just telling them? Because, like, again, you see reporters, but even if it's not a press conference and he's just telling, like, again, he's just not doing it in the right way, um... Then you can tell I like hate this episode because I'm going all Moonraker here. I get all high pitched and on my horse, like I'm just angry. Um, <laughs> listen to Moonraker and 007. Don't say Moonraker's not that bad. I'll hang up on you. It is bad. <laughs> um, <laughs> um, 
James Bond goes to space. Um, <laughs> anyway, so uh, we get Julia has to like sit down and fill in a form, and of course she's got to meet someone that's gonna like have a bit of a you know foreshadowing for what's gonna happen. This woman with the worst Boston. I'm sorry, if this woman really is from Boston. You do not sound like you sound like just some random woman putting on a terrible Boston accent. Um, like it yeah. really. It's one of those things where where if I cared more, I'd look up to see where she's from. But because this episode is so annoying and pointless, I'm not even going to look it up. Uh, I mean, it's it's in front of me, but I don't know if I have the, the the. Yeah, I'm with you there. Can I just I just really quickly point out David Nutter, the director of this. The only episode of Nip Tuck he ever directs. I can see why. Uh, like, he actually has got on to direct a shitload of Game of Thrones and won Emmys for it. Again, I've never watched Game of Thrones. Probably yeah. le- even less of a reason why I want to watch that show now. <laughs> it's kind of crazy. Because it, it does feel like, um, you know, it was like bring your kid to work day and it was like <laughs> let your kid direct the episode day. You know, like... It, it just doesn't feel professional at all, does it? And, no. and and one of the things I was going to bring up before, but it, it seemed petty, but as soon as we're talking about the stuff, is that scene where Julia kind of leaves the surgery and she's, you know, you get that slow motion thing and she has that look back over her shoulder and she's like, has this kind of evil squint in her oh. eyes because she's so, it's like, you know, you can just imagine the director being like, now look pissed off, you know, like, and, <laughs> you know, and, like, and when you can see, like, it just feels like this big Frankenstein that's just been stitched together, and, and you can see the stitches everywhere. Like, it's just, it's a big mess. It's, it, and like, because there's, there's only, I think, here, I'm looking about like seven directors who do, like, most people who direct an episode of Nip Tuck will go and direct multiple episodes. See, Eric Stoltz directs an episode of Nip Tuck, really? Um, but like, the writers alone, like, we, we often just kind of gloss over them when it comes to, you know, the beginning of it. But, like, I mentioned about Jennifer Salt. Like, there are four people here who have written the most episodes of Nip Tuck. Two of them are Lenny Green and Richard Levine, the writers of this episode. So it's not like this is a one-off writer either who've come in and written a shit episode and walked off. These are, like, the two most prominent writers of this entire show. Um, You know, even more so than solo episodes for, like, Ryan Murphy. You know, and I'm sure Ryan Murphy obviously has input in them, but, like, you know, he's not the, the main writer of the episodes. But... Yeah, I just want to randomly point that out. Like, Richard Nutter, David Nutter, like, you're a nutter. Like, fuck you. Um, <laughs> but anyway, so yeah, we've got terrible Boston accent. And to kind of date this episode, you know, we've got to mention the the Boston Red Sox winning the World Series in 2004. Because, you know, like, I mean, if we did this now, it would be about the white, uh, the red, uh, the, what are they, fucking, no, the White Sox, right? No. Um, yep. The Cubs. No. The Cubs. I'm the White Sox. Oh, yeah, okay. I go for the White Sox. The other teams are Cubs. Thank you very much. I knew there was a Chicago team that I was thinking of. So this will all be about the Cubs now in like this time of age. But, you know, again, it was a miracle that the Red Sox pulled this off and kind of we've talked a little bit about them like our lost coverage because they do that a bit. But, um, you know, we're just obviously getting a bit of a setup here and both their mums on the plane and... You know, she's wearing a necklace with, uh, you know, the the Christian symbol and the Boston Red Sox, you know, World Series necklace. And obviously we're hearing from this woman about how great her mum is and, you know, all she gives to charity and all this sort of stuff. And we get the random reference that she's O negative. Of course, you know, we've got to hear that. Um, Just like, you know, like it's... Even I feel watching this for a first time, you know this is going to lead. Like, this is just so blatant foreshadowing. It's just... It's all, like, it's blatant, it's sickening. <laughs> like, it's just, come on. <laughs> yeah, it, it is. And it's just, it, it's kind of just pointless. Like, <laughs> that's the whole thing. It's just, like, everything about this, just, none of it matters. Uh, yeah, and, and 
I, I guess, you know, we've got this whole kind of heart heartstring tugging thing of like, oh, my mum was on that plane. It's like, we know we're going to see the mother later on. Like, we, we just know that's going to happen. Um, but I don't care. Which is kind of frustrating that the patient credited for this one is the dude who gets his arms chopped off. Like, that's who Sal Perry is. Like, I would assume it would be the, the mum, like, you know, that we're going to get here. So, but it's kind of interesting they go with that guy. Um, mm. But, like, I mean, this, this episode is, again, all... And maybe we're just ragging on this amount of problems because it is kind of, like, very Julia-centric. And it's kind of like the what could have been with Julia... And it's just, again, revisiting this kind of dead horse of her in a medical career that never was. And, like, I maybe wouldn't have as much of a problem with this if she later on becomes a doctor. <laughs> like, she goes back and this is ignites her passion. And Mitch Pelagi saying, like, oh, damn shame. Like, you know, oh, she goes back and there she is. She's a doctor by season six. But, like, it goes nowhere. <laughs> so, like, it's kind of like, what is the point of this whole damn shame scene, which we'll get to? One of the many cringeworthy lines. But it's kind of like, you know, like, why do we need to see Julia in that? We kind of saw Julia as a doctor in her own episode last season. So, one of the 10,000 problems with this episode, Nick. <laughs> yeah, they just keep mounting up, really, don't they? Oh, this is, again, where we're just really running out of things for Julia to do. You think Matt becoming a mime's bad? Like, come on. Uh, <laughs> well, you can probably kind of understand it in a weird way. Um, <laughs> so, Sean's... Just chilling at home, watching the crash on TV. This, like, very underwhelming news coverage. Worst newsreader ever. Um, and, like, if this happened in Miami, kind of, as we're going to allude to, like, obviously they need all the doctors they can get and he gets a call anyway. Why wouldn't, like, if I'm a doctor, if I'm a, living in Hobart and I'm a doctor and a plane crashes, I'm going to assume they're going to need some help. So, like, it's kind of one of these things where... It's like when 9-11 happened in New York. All the police and firefighters and paramedics, whether they were on or not, whether you are retired or not, you got down there and helped because you know they're going to need as many hands as they can get. So why is Sean just chilling, eating his well-crafted lunch on his tray? Does he have his little flowers there? I didn't really see, but, like, he's just chilling. (laughs) And then, like, the phone rings. We hear Julia. It's kind of like, oh, here's Julia. But as soon as she's all like, something's awful's happened. Like, he old Sean, like, you know, quick... On his knight and shining armor on his horse. Um, and it just kind of leads to this, like, scene where they show up and here he is. He's Mitch Pelegi. Pelegi, I can never say his name, but if you're an X-Files fan, um, you know, of course, you, you, you're you going to love uh, uh, Skinner uh, from uh, the X-Files. Did you ever watch the X-Files, Nick, or not really? No, no, no not something I've watched, no. One, one of the, the main stars of the X-Files. Anybody who watched any episode of the X-Files, I'm sure, probably uh, knows who Mitch Pledge is. Uh, he, did you ever watch, they had, um, I don't know if that was in, big in New Zealand, it was kind of big here for a while, they had those Magic Secrets finally revealed shows in like the, I think they were late 90s, early 2000s, and he was the narrator of those as well, kind of like oh, when he was okay. a big deal with the X-Files. And he's actually really prominent on Twitter, he's like he seems very like forthcoming with his fans but anyway he's terrible in this episode i like the guy i like the x-files so you know he's always going to be him for me but like he's just terrible in this episode he's not a very good actor in this episode um so like they rock up and sean and and julia you know and we've got this dick guy on the clipboard and you're not on the list and it's like he's a doctor who gives a shit check his license and get him inside like he just quickly flashes a license they never check anything to do with Julie's just like, yeah, I did one year of med school. Like, oh, no, sorry. Like, oh, if I'm not, if she's not in, I'm not in. Like, dramatic tension. And then it's kind of like, could I just show that with Sean? And just be like, yeah, I did a year of med school. 
like there's no checking here at all. Um, and they're just like, you know, Dick, he's Dr. Russell Marcus. I, don't, I think we kind of briefly get his name. I'm just going to call him Skinner for the rest of this episode. Uh, Skinner! Uh, but like, he's rocking around all green, red, yellow. It's kind of triage situations, obviously. You know, if you watch any form of show like this, you know what it all is. Uh, you know, just being a dick to Julia about like, oh, you couldn't handle any of this sort of stuff. And maybe you can hold some hands. Um, and then kind of like, you know, we know Julia's here, obviously, because he's a mum on the flight. Like, she told her to catch the earlier flight, so she's all worried and panicked. And, you know, we get this random woman, stop, that's my mother. No, that's not her. And then, like, we randomly get woman who's cold and worried about a baby, lifts the shirt, and obviously the baby's gone. But, you know, um, she just gets ripped away from this random dead baby woman to change an IV. Um, and then I just love this random woman who's all like going into details about medical issues and is kind of explaining it word for word, which Julia's like, oh yes, like, oh, sorry, doctor, I didn't know you were. And then it's like, oh no, I'm not a doctor. It's like, oh my God, it's just so cringe. I just, even talking about this makes me cringe. Um, and then we'll say if I'm, uh, if I'm going to try and throw one moment here that I try, you know, if I'm going to give it some praise, (laughs) I'd say I I do like the moment when they kind of like, they walk into the, into the gym and they kind of pan out. And I think they do a good job of of kind of showing how epic and and serious this is. I think think that that's really impressive. Um, But, yeah, that's about all I'm going to give this episode. Yeah, and look, I would have to say that's true. I mean, they they kind of... I mean, you know, as a fan of ER third watching of these shows, we're kind of... You will have often episodes around, like, a big emergency with triage and things like that. Like, they go out of their way to make this look decent and realistic. But even then, there's just kind of, like... Um, it just, it just ruins it to me again, the fact that, as I said, like, we legitimately had this guy at the press conference, there may be some survivors. Uh, yeah, how many do we have in this room? Um, so, yeah, but anyway, yeah, good point, good, one, one saving grace, sort of. Uh, but then we've got, uh, this woman, oh, she's got a thick Boston accent! Oh, like, who could this woman be? Oh, yeah, it's... Again, another terrible Boston, got in the olive oil... I can't even do a Boston accent. And then, like, I mean, she's got some, like, you know, she's a funnish character. She seems nice in the way she's sort of joking about stuff. But, of course, we see the shot of the necklace with the cross and the Red Sox thing. And, oh, you know, who could this woman be? And she's wanting a mirror. Everybody's out of mirrors today. Um, you know, okay. Well, then we get kind of a random shot of the pilot um, that he wants to be killed. Because he let a boy get sucked into the engine or something like that. I don't know who I am anymore. Like, what is even the point of this? Um, just, like, Sean getting dragged away. Some guy needs both his arms amputated. He's a type 2 diabetic. And, like, this Sal Perry guy, he's kind of, like, he's pissed off his tits. And he's like, hey, buddy, you okay? You don't look so yeah, good. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like, he's kind of funny the way he sort of does that. Um... And then we're sort of back to the Boston mother and like, oh, you know, this is where Julia reveals, yeah, your daughter, I met her. And it's like, oh, you met her? She here? It's like, oh, told me you were a Red Sox fan. And just, you know, we get this kind of semi-moving scene of tell her I love her. I want to be cremated. And, you know, and then just Julia's cringeworthy lines. When has Julia been a baseball fan? That's no way for a Sox fan to talk. Like, it just... <laughs> I think just, even like... Oh. You know, even with this uh, this woman who I've already forgotten the mother anyway. Like, I even <laughs> like how they 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 basically like um, you know, like her first line is something about you know 
have you got any olive oil? Because it prevents scarring. You know, they just like, they want to like make so just so they like can just ram it home. And the first word she says that this is the mother. You know, like there's just like nothing about it is is even like there's no guesswork here at all. It's just like we're we're assuming that everybody is as thick as pig shit, and we've got to point everything out for them. Yeah, all right. I found. I had to look this up. I'm sorry. I just had to see Sandy Martin, who plays the mother, is from New York City. And uh, Mary Mara, who plays the daughter, is from Syracuse in New York. So neither okay. are New England natives. What a surprise! Yeah. <laughs> like, like, okay, like I kind of get the cute sort of story. Like that they've got to find some sort of connection. Like, oh, you know what's prominent? Oh, the Red Sox, their famous World Series win still fresh on people's minds. So why don't we have these two Boston, like you know, proud as punch, like? It just, oh, like, come on. I mean, it's just, I like it when they put sports references, but just, Julia's cringe. This, it just, I know we often toe a fine line when we talk about Nip Tuck. It's got a lot of soap opera elements to it. But come on, we're what? This is days of our lives bullshit here of like, you know, that's no way for a Sox fan to talk. Like, it's just, that is going to be one of the worst sh- lines ever in Nip Tuck. <laughs> Yeah, it's funny you say that because one of the things that struck me about this episode is that it reminded me of, of your and my favourite uh, New Zealand soap opera, <laughs> Sean Street, where, you know, and, and basically like any any soap opera where you get that episode that, you know, like it's the big, you know, something like this, it's a big car crash or it's a big whatever it is or a big disaster and, you know, like you have this moment and it's kind of like, you know, for, for that week, that's what the whole show is about and yeah. this is kind of what that felt like, except that, you know, we don't have a whole week, you know, we don't have episodes every day to, to do this kind of stuff. We shouldn't have to fill up an episode with this garbage. It's just, it's pointless. Yeah, I agree. It just kind of like, no, daughter, love do- I can't not do a Boston accent. <laughs> love the more, daughter more. Will you remember all that for the rest of my life? Oh, so heartbreaking. <laughs> like, I'm meant to be moved in this scene. I'm moved to vomit. Like- yeah, exactly. Yeah, but just, it leaves you so cold. Oh. It just it leaves you pissed off. And then, like, you know, because we've got Sean show up, of course. I wonder what Christian's doing. Oh, no, well, here he is. He's old Christian showing up late as usual with Liz. Quinton doesn't show up. Do we notice that? Like, we can't redeem Quinton in this season by having him show up. No, he's just being a dick, getting ready to call Julia a bitch in about 10 minutes. Um, yeah, yeah, exactly. So, here's Christian and Liz and Guy with his... Uh, can I just also point out the obvious here? Are Sean and Christian the only doctors in this room? Because where are the other... They're plastic surgeons! Like, they're like... You know, I'm, I'm, I know they're trained when it comes to, like, medical stuff. Like, you become a doctor and then you choose your thing. And obviously we get that sort of scene at the end with Sean. Like, I could never do this. I'm here to fix ugly, not to, like, life and death. And fair enough, I get why they do that. But, like, like... Are there Nip Tuck fans? Like, Ryan Murphy sitting around the table going, oh, I wonder if there are Nip Tuck fans who wonder how Sean and Christian would cope in a, an emergency situation. Like, I just watched the latest ER episode, and they did it so... Oh, I'm jealous. Like, and, like, it's like, where are the other doctors in this room? Like, why is Skinner running around going, like, we don't have time, we've got a woman with a fork in her chest, and we've got this, and we've got that, like, hurry up. Like, where are the other doctors? <laughs> well, it's one of those things, too. It was like... You, you actually need to make this point because we've seen on a couple of occasions like, you know, somebody has flatlined during surgery or whatever it might be. Um, and, you know, so we've actually seen those moments where Sean and Christian have had to deal with this. Um, yeah, so uh, uh, we, we didn't even need to make that point because we've actually seen that already. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. 
and we, we've kind of had scenes of them, like, having to go to the ER before. Like, we had, what, a couple of episodes ago with the, the amputated leg dude. Christian in the uh, the ER, and, like, when they have um the, the the very first season with Sophia Lopez, like, you know, straight away to the ER. So we've seen kind of bits and bobs of these two being involved in, like, emergency situations. So, I mean, I, I, I can see what they're trying to do here, but it's just, it's just not effective at all. And like, even, like, Christian's random little bit here... Um, which I'll get to with the fork. Um, but like, you know, they obviously got the, uh, the, the guy with the arms and, you know, Sean's all like, oh, do you have any like morphine? You know, all these drug names and anything, you know, and it's like, can't do anything to numb the guy's arms. Got to remove these arms straight away. Can't even get into the, uh, um, and then, you know, this, I love, I love, I do like how he says, like, I want to watch. He wants to watch his arms getting chopped off. Ugh. Um, but then sort of Julia and Christian just have time to hug. We're in triage here, folks. There's no time for hugging. Like, where, where's Mitch Pelleggi here? There's no time for hugging! This man's gonna die! Like, you know, like, come on, we're that dramatic. Um, so, Christian obviously gets called over, Julia, the, the Boston ladies died. Oh, what a, what a shame. Uh, and then kind of just like, everybody seems to be a bit of a dick to Julia here. Like, oh, go back to the hotel, you don't need to be here. And she's like, I need to find my mother. And I've written here, you're not looking. Like, you're helping, like, but why aren't you just walking around this room looking for, like, blonde people? Like, at no point does she actually openly look for her mother. Do you notice that? <laughs> yeah, it, it's, yeah, and you just kind of lose the point of, you know, if, if that's the whole thing, is, you know, she regrets the last thing she said to her mother, then, yeah, that should be something that is a bit more evident in this episode, Um <laughs> yeah, it's just, just add it to the list, really. Oh, this list is getting so long. Then we just get this scene here, which like, it just feels so out of place. I see what they're doing. I see their attempt here, kind of it's the nip-tuck way of having these fantasies of seeing people at certain times. So we've got Christian here with a woman with a, a fork in her chest, and for some reason it's him seeing Kimber, and it, like, you know, missed me, oh, I bet you wished I was dead. Like, again, I see what they're trying to do. Like, get me out of your head, let me go. And we've got this random, like, I, I honestly always think that this woman is the same woman from a few episodes ago who's pretending to be Kimba. Um, I can, I've forgotten her name already, but it's not. Um, because obviously they say a different name. But then just, like, this whole, like, situation where she's all like, let me go, baby. Death is the ultimate orgasm of life. And it's just, like, and, like, I don't know. Like, I, again, I see what they're trying to do. But it just, in this overall scheme of an episode, like, this is similar to maybe the Quinton scene that we'll get. Like, put this in another episode somehow. Like, if you're going to do some sort of scene here with Christian having visions of Kimber and wanting to let go. Like, similar to what we obviously had with Matt and Ava at the, the transsexual bar early on. Like, you know, that was more effective. This just, I don't know. Like, it's it's not the worst part of the episode, but it just does not fit. It doesn't, something's not right about this scene. Yeah, I think so. And... Again, I think like did we need that little Kimber flashback thing? I th- you know I just don't think that that's that's actually just unnecessary, and it just confuses the whole point. Like if you if you are going to do this cutaway episode that has nothing to do with what's going on, then commit to it. And it just feels like oh, we're just going to add a couple of little things in here to kind of draw it back to the season. It's like well, it's either one or the other, eh? Like it's either it's either related to the, the what's going on in the storylines, or it's or it's an it's a completely separate episode. It, it can't be both. Yeah, and we have a real cringy Christian line. I'm not giving up on you, Kimba. It's Karen. Like, that's very soap opery, Shortland Street-esque. Um, yes. 
Then we've got to get uh, Sal Perry getting his arms chopped off, which, I mean, it, this makes me cringe. They're chopping it off with, what, like hedge clippers. Um, <laughs> we're like, okay. And then he dies. Fair enough. Uh, and then we get dramatic tension with, like, Mitch Pelleggi. Call it. No. Time of death, 2.45am. Now, somebody who watched ER a lot, and I can... I know we have lots of doctors listening to the show based on all the feedback we get. Um, but, like, is this, like, official? Like, as soon as somebody says, time of death, 245, they're dead? Like, if you call it, that's it, you're dead? And that's got to go on your yeah. death certificate? Is that how it works? Uh, it must be. So, you know, if, if somebody calls your death and you're not dead, well, too bad. You're, you're dead. You're, you're, um, you're obliged to throw yourself off a cliff, I think. And just Sean's reaction here, this is bullshit! And just, you know, like, dramatic. Is this where he walks out? I think this is where he walks out, isn't it? Um, or he gets it. No, he does it in a minute. Because this is where uh, we obviously we find out, like, oh, we've got a burn victim. They need skin. We're going to have to do a, a skin graft with a dead body. But we don't know who's O negative. Oh, I wonder who oh, could be that. Shit. Who could yeah, it be, yeah. Nick? Who? Yeah. <laughs> could be anybody. If only somebody had mentioned it to Julia. But wait, they did. Here she is. Dead Boston woman. She's she's okay. She's universal. No treks here. Like, Julie could just be a dick and just be like, yeah, I think she's O. So, like, you know, skin is going to town. Literally skinning her. And I love Sean's line, you want me to skin her? And this is where Sean walks out. Like, oh, diva Sean. Can't deal with it. People are dying around you, Sean. You're going to have another one of your little midlife crises. I love Sean. <laughs> I love Sean. Last episode, he was annoying. This episode, he's like, oh, good time to have one of your Sean moments, Sean. Um, so <laughs> we'll get to that. And then, oh, of course, you know, um, Julie's like, I can do it. I'm like, no, you can't. It's like, but I went, you know, dead, I can't hurt them. It's like, okay, med school. I hate it when he calls a med school. Like, yeah, shut it's up. just so stupid, eh? Like he's got like he's got a real rapport with it. Like, you know, out of all these doctors and everything's going on that he's noticed that, you know, she's this amazing kind of like it just makes no sense, eh? Um, but I think one of the other things too is like I think Sean makes like a really good point here. He's like, We shouldn't have been trying to cut this guy's arms off in this environment. Like, mm-hmm. you know, we should have tried and presumably like there are actual hospitals in Florida that would have taken on the most severe cases. Like they wouldn't just have everybody in this in this gymnasium, like they would actually have some of these these people would go to hospitals and you know he seems to be a pretty extreme case like if we don't chop off both his arms he's going to die and even if we do he might still die that sounds like it's fairly serious i mean we might want to get him to a hospital yeah um yeah i think you you would be triaging some of these less serious cases i think you wouldn't take them like it presumably that the plane crash didn't happen right outside this gym so you've had to move these people here in some way shape or form anyway so you would move the more serious cases to to a hospital. That seems yeah. to make sense to me. Yeah, but clearly, I mean, if the the um, public health system in Miami is anything to do with, like, the police force, um, you know, I mean, <laughs> who knows? Um, but anyway, so, um, yeah, Julia's got to skin this guy, um, which, you know, is kind of a bit confronting, but, you know, this leads us to our iconic line of this episode of, like, you know, you said you're only first year or like whatever it is and like oh yeah but i dropped out damn shame <laughs> god no yeah. like oh oh just add it to the list like if we did a top five worst moments of nip tuck this whole countdown would be filled with this episode um yeah, and it, and yeah. It, but it get wait it gets even worse way to go helen you just hit a home run oh, oh god <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah 
It's, it's, it's terrible. Like, this thing feels like it was written by a 13-year-old in some drama class. You know, like it just like everything about it, like the dialogue is just te- – like I feel sorry. Like these guys are probably um, well-respected writers, but I have to imagine they were up-and-comers at the time, and it was like, shit, we need an episode, and we need it tomorrow. Like, yeah, it just yeah, – <laughs> it just none of it works, eh? It's just like, yeah, you hit a home run by me cutting bits of skin off your back. <laughs> I just really wish this episode was like written by like a once-off writer, not like the one of the most common pair of writers of this entire show. Oh, but seriously, Nick, you think it's bad? It's just gonna get worse. Um, they found Erica. She didn't make it. <gasps> no, not Erica. Erica can't be dead. Finally, this whole like reason why Julia's here and all this is gonna play pay off and. You know, oh, her entire top half is unrecognisable. Well, then how do you know it's her? Well, she just happened to have surgery that was the same and all that sort of stuff. And when it uh, comes down to it, she's got a same diamond birthmark in her thigh. And, like, it's just so coincidental, is it not? Then, you know, here we go. This scene. Oh, my God. Can we just not talk about this scene? Uh- <laughs> Well, I think as well, like, complete dick move by Christian to be like, how do you know it's her? Oh, because I, I know the birthmark on her inner thigh because I fucked her. You know, like, it just like, <laughs> what, a, what a dick move, eh? Like, you're just about to tell somebody that she's dead. Um, oh. Yeah. This woman does not even look like her. Can I just point that out? Like, I remember watching this for the first time, like, going, is that actually her? So we get this scene, it's Julia, mother, it's Julia, you know, oh, we're just talking it through and talking about some story about, like, when they were little and, I don't know, I'm just so zoned out because I know what's about to happen. You know, I love you, little girl. And we both knew it was true. And now we know it's not. Like, so they don't love each other. Like, why do we need all this? They they settled this a few episodes ago. And then, you know, she, she gets closure. You can leave now. I don't need you to tell me any... Like, oh, it's cringeworthy. Okay. Fine. Leave it here. Like, just leave it here. Like, if you're going to do this, kill her off. Just kill her. Like, done. Okay. Closure. Cut to cut to Julia and Sean. No. This is... Oh, this like this episode is already so bad. This is, like, one of the... Like, not to see if Nick Tuck. This whole thing that happens is one of the most things that made me so angry and frustrated any TV show I've ever watched. And I love this show. This woman wakes up. She's alive. (laughs) Oh, my God. Tension, tension. Oh, my God. What's going to happen? Call for help. Call doctor. She's alive. No. Julia kills her mother. (laughs) She just... What? Why? (laughs) Yeah, I think... I think I I, I know what you mean now about Moonraker voice. I'm getting it, but... um... This is double yeah, take think, pigeon from Moonraker. What the hell? <laughs> well, I think I think you probably hit on something, which is that if if basically if this is how Erica goes out of the show, that she gets killed off, you know, um, you know, and and this is this driving moment for Julia to go on and do something else with her life or whatever, like it's a turning point for Julia. Then then yeah, this is still a pretty crappy episode, but it it it. it has impact, you know, like it, yeah. it has a reason for existing. And obviously that's not going to be the case, which just makes this, you know, all the more just bullshitty. And yeah, I think this whole thing of like, yes, you, the, this person's going to, you know, this person comes back to life and they're breathing and Julia knows enough to know that, well, they're going to die anyway. So I'm just going to like put the pillow over it. Like, is that your call to make Julia? Like, <laughs> I'm not really sure that like, it, it doesn't feel real to me. It doesn't feel like if that was actually your mother, that that would be the thing you would do. 
um, yeah, it just doesn't ring true to me. Which, like, again, let's be honest, it's still not over yet. <laughs> like, you think the fact that she's killed a mother is bad. Um, and, like, but what if someone walks in on her at this exact point? <laughs> like, yeah, like, exactly. Here comes Mitch Pelleggi. Oh, by the way, med school, you're killing someone! <laughs> like, the, 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 like yeah, you're right, so right. Like, there, there are two things that we've already pointed out that they could have done with this episode to, like, make this episode have value. It is... Either have her go back to medical school and become a doctor because she's experienced the rush and everything and this has ignited her passion for it again. Or actually kill her mother off and she's moved on, as you said. Like, oh, like just, anyway. And the other thing too is like, you know, we've got this this kind of like, you know, the one compliment that I paid this episode was that, you know, there's this this great triage kind of scene that you see. Um, but somehow we find this one room where we can put this one dead body so that Julia can go and have a private moment and talk yeah. to it. Like, it, like that makes no sense either. Yeah, completely agree. So then uh, we get this scene again, Sean being Sean. Oh, you know, I thought I had everything, and then, you know, I didn't want to know about Matt, and, you know, the questions, like, even this doesn't make sense, like, just in kind of the ongoing storyline, how we kind of, oh, I never wanted to question about Matt, like, you didn't know about Matt, you didn't know that Christian and Julia slept with each other, like, it's just kind of like, you know, like, what, subconsciously you always thought they fucked, like, I don't know, maybe, but, like, even then, if that's the case, it's terribly sort of just gelled over, uh, you Mm. know, and just, it's just, it's just... Again, I love Sean, and, like, this is kind of like, I think you sort of, Lucy, pointed out, it's kind of almost like what they've done with Liz recently. It's like, let's just have Liz be the preacher. Let's just have Sean always be questioning his life about the mistakes he's made. And, like, you don't really get this with Christian about, like, okay, you might argue, well, Christian repeats his mistakes, he cheats and moves on, but, like, that's Christian. That's a womanizer. Like, we don't always get these, like, Christian's deep and meaningful scenes about thinking about his life are few and far between that you don't get sick of them. You just get kind of a bit tired of Sean doing these moments, and we're going to get some of this in the next episode too. But, like, you know, just... And even Julia here was like, I feel so free. Am I a terrible person? Like, well, we'll get to that in a minute. Um, And then kind of Sean here, like, oh, the reason I'm a plastic surgeon, I fix ugly, I can move on for the next. You could do this, Julia. You could do this. Deal with death. And, you know, like, oh, I'm not the man you thought I would be. Just... How come even the well-acted scenes in this episode feel so just like, ugh? Yeah. And, I mean, it's just that whole thing of, like, I, I hate when they try and just build Julia up because, you know, like, I know that it's, it's going to go nowhere. Um, and so I think that they, they make a real active attempt throughout the show of trying to make Julia seem like an active and strong character. And the truth of the matter is is that she just isn't. And I wish they would probably just find something better for her to do that kind of feels more true to who she is as a character. But we've just never really found it. And it's just frustrating, you know. And you know, so we have to run Sean down to make Julia feel big. And it just doesn't feel true to who these characters are. Yeah, absolutely right. And then we get our scene here. This is the scene we keep mentioning about, the one scene of this entire episode that kind of actually sort of set something up. And even then, it feels sort of wasted, and you could just put this on the next episode, or the one after that, or just have it in a passing mention in a conversation, like they'll do with Delamere next season. Um, back, Julia's back at Delamere. Um, Quentin's worried, because, you know, for some reason, he's been calling all night, not going down to help. Um, but, you know, any news about your mum, she sort of lies, and... Obviously, we get, you know, I don't want you here. I want you out. 
Um, you know, and I just kind of like Quentin's little line here. Like, sometimes people misinterpret me, you know, get to know me. Again, like, I agree with Quentin here. Like, you know, we want to get to know you, Quentin. Everyone's making it like you're a dick. Uh, and then what did she say? Like, oh, I know you're fired. I've cancelled all your surgeries. Uh, and then just, oh, cringeworthy. You're a bitch. At least I'm not yours. Oh. <laughs> yeah, it's just the... Ter- terrible dialogue, awfully delivered. You know, like it, it, it's one thing to have bad dialogue, but it's it's well delivered, or vice versa. You know, like sometimes you get good lines and they're not always landed as well, but at least you can see the intentions behind it. It's it's a terrible line and it's not delivered well. You know, like it, just none of it's good. I'm rewriting this episode here to like not make it better, but just improve it a little smidge. All right, episode ends here. Go back. This is where the episode <laughs> ends. This is it. Yeah. Episode done finished, yep. roll credits, yep. done. That's it. But no, we get Julia showing up. She's home. Oh, she's buggered. She's had a hard day. Oh, you know, good old, she's, she's a doctor now. So good old Jules. But no, who's on the couch? Oh, wait, hang on. Shit, it's Erica. She's alive. Miracle. She didn't change a flight. Like, oh, I couldn't leave things how they were. I had to be here. You know, do, 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 plot twist, fade to black credits. So, okay, great, fantastic. Erica's not dead. Cool. Can we just analyse the little fact that Julia just murdered a random stranger? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Yes, yes. That is never mentioned again, ever. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So no, that's that's a big deal, but also a big deal of that. This whole thing was about her letting go of her mother, and then that actually isn't true. Yeah. You know, like what a, what a waste of my time. Like oh, I've, you know, like oh, this. You know, this is like forty two minutes of a show that I'll never get back again. You know, like it's gone forever. Um, and I've actually watched it twice now and talked about it once. So you know, like what what a waste of my life. Thanks very much, Niptak, for, for like nothing. And what makes this even worse is it's not like we get Erica back in a week or two, a season or two, just get anything of this. We do not see Erica till season six. She's done. Three whole seasons. I'm whacking a microphone. I'm that angry. Three whole seasons until we get her back to have a storyline relating to her fucking a hot Italian who might be molesting Annie. So... <laughs> just kill her off. That's, that's it. Yeah. That's, she's done. <laughs> yeah, yeah. What, what a misstep. And I wonder if they had something in mind for her because if they didn't, then, yeah, what a missed opportunity to do something, you know. Like if they want to build Jul- Julia's character up, here's an opportunity to do it, and they just they don't. So, <laughs> yeah. Oh, God. Um, do I even need to bring up the review section? <laughs> Buy it, oh, yeah, definitely. No, it's, Love it. It's amazing. Let's buy yeah, no, this it's a, together. It's a, yeah, it's a buy, for sure. Yeah. <laughs> like, if there was a category worse than bin, um, this would be it. <laughs> so bad. And again, I love this show, but just like, there are 99 episodes of Nip Tuck. There's not 100. <laughs> like, anything at all, Nick, that we can say redeeming about n- anything at all, besides the triage bit? Um, look, I, I, I tried really hard to find something, but no, n- there is nothing. There is this, this episode is pointless. Um, you could have found another way to deal with getting rid of Quentin if that's what you want to do. Yep. There's, there's no point in having this, this episode shouldn't exist. Um, I never, ever want to see it or talk about it ever again. 
And this is the this is this is the um, Grace Santiago of of episodes. Hey. Oh, you mentioned a name. Um, but yeah. <laughs> consider we'll never talk make... about this episode again. You can say it once. <laughs> but like, yeah, that good good call. I like that. Uh, you know, it was there, but it was kind of forgotten about pretty quickly, and we never talk about it again. Um, all right. So you would think that things get better moving forward. <laughs> but look, I will say, Joy Kringle is a better episode than Sal Perry. Um, but yeah, I'm not a fan of the next episode either. Um, there's some pretty rubbish stuff in Joy Kringle. I kind of like the storyline, like the main patients that we sort of get. It's kind of an interesting twist. But um, we get some blackface on some nativity scenes that needs to be removed. And it's just a bit like the only part of the aerial storyline, which I kind of don't like. Um, and we, I mean, it is important that we set something up very important for season four. So let's be honest. There is some yeah, actual yeah, I, weight uh, to the episode. But yeah, there is important stuff that you have to see. I mean, I don't hate it. I, I think it's a, um, you know, it's a perfectly fine episode. Um, but yeah, there is there is some stuff in it that I don't like. Um, I, I think the main, like, I, yeah, it, it's good. It's okay. Um, but I think, you know, I, I'm just trying to think about, you know, lots of these TV shows that have a Christmas episode, hmm. and. They're, they're normally pretty rubbish, you know. Well, they, they're not connected to the rest of the story. And I like that this Christmas episode is, is is still relevant. You know, it's still something that you have to watch. It's not just a Christmas special, but it is actually just an episode that's based around Christmas. I think they do a good job with that. Um, so, yeah, I I think there's actually quite a lot to like about this episode. Um, but, yeah, I, I do take your point that we're not going to love everything about it, that's for sure. Uh, I mean, the positive to note, of course, is Annie's back. Um, but we missed her for like the last, what, 10 episodes or so. So, you know, she finally got a invitation to the, not just the wedding, but the show again. So, um, yeah, that's, that's Joy Kringle. Uh, it's going to be better than this one, folks. Let's just be honest. So, uh, yeah. Wow. Uh, as always like subscribe and please don't base, uh, liking or subscribing on this episode. Like just listen to some of our other ones. I mean, it was a funny episode that Nick and I did. We're hilarious. But, like, as in, like, the, the episode of Nip Tuck, don't base your, your viewpoint. Like, oh, I've always wanted to watch that Nip Tuck show. Maybe I'll start start listening to their opinions on this one. Don't. Like, there are better, much better, 99 better episodes than this one. Uh, but, yeah, like Facebook, subscribe, all that sort of jazz. Um, and, well, the positive is that we're done. We're done with this episode. So, goody. Uh, my name is Ben... And way to go, Nick. You just hit a home run. <laughs> and uh, I'm Nick, and uh, I know I don't need people like you in my life, and I know that you're fired. Bitch. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.